second hour of Sports Call. Get started right now on Tiger 95.9 FM and on the Tiger Communications app. J.J. Jackson inside the studio with Tom Peavy, Cam Berry, and Brandon Daughtry. Got a full crew as we're counting you down to the start of the upcoming football season. The Auburn Tigers are back in action on Saturday from inside Jordan-Hare Stadium. The sports calendar continues to push forward as Major League Baseball winds down. The NFL is just about to get set and started. We saw the NASCAR playoffs open up the final race of the regular season this past weekend at Daytona. And, uh, oh, yeah, there was a tour championship up for grabs in golf. A lot to discuss, and who better to talk about the current landscape in the wide world of sports than one of our very good buddies. He's Chuck Culpepper with the Washington Post, and he's kind enough to join us back here on Auburn's first and Auburn's favorite sports talk show. Happy Monday to you, Chuck. Hope that you're doing well, my friend. And Happy New Year to you, given the uh, calendar at hand <laughs> on this coming weekend. Students <laughs> are back on a college campus, and now we've got to jump back into a lot of uh, different topics uh, with football season here and that sort of thing. But I want to start with the FedEx Tour Championship that we saw take place yesterday. What a run by Rory McIlroy, Chuck. Yeah, and it's, um, you know, um, I I just arrived for that yesterday. I just did the, covered the final day, and you know, when, by the time I got there, Scheffler, who, by the way, is the number one player in the world and the player of the year, and no uh, no threat to to uh, fumble any uh, six-shot lead, had a six-shot lead going into the fourth round. And, you know, we were all talking about how all the people were joking on me, you just got here and it's, it's over already. And then within seven holes, it, they're tied, you know, and it's just, you don't see that often. Um, it did call to mind another famous six-shot lead in the state of Georgia that went away 26 years ago now. I don't know if you remember that, but um, but uh, it's very rare, and it was quite a a uh, quite a stunner. I, how uh, at the end of that, uh, Roy McElroy goes over and uh, and and greets uh, Sheffler's family. But uh, how classy was that? Uh, he goes over and apologizes. I, why he's apologizing, but I understand why. But uh, that just seemed like a very class act by Rory. He is one thing. As someone who who happens by out there about five or six times a year, you know, I'm not there every week. It's always striking to me how beloved he is, and he is beloved, and he is wildly and widely beloved. And there's there are often reasons why people become beloved and boy that was i watched that video about seven times over i i was inside at the moment that it that it happened actually uh, waiting for uh <clears throat> waiting for interviews but but that i mean that's just the kind of thing that that demonstrates uh what a, just a feel he has on uh on decency and goodness and you know kind of why he's been considered the ideal spokesman to stick his neck out and defend the PGA Tour through this this uh, nutty season that it's had, and, and and you just mentioned it right there of Rory defending the uh, PGA. You're getting ready to uh, have have a tournament coming up where they're going to have to be seeing some of these guys from the LIV Tour, and uh, he has been asked about that. And uh, you know, is he the guy that PGA is going to really ride behind with this whole LIV controversy going on? I think so, and I think. Um, I think they have a lot of momentum now, the PGA Tour, after their players meeting. Isn't it funny in sports always how whatever sport it is, some team is going badly, and then they had a meeting. Right. And you kind of wonder, 
you kind of wonder, you know, why don't people have meetings all the time? But anyway, um, maybe they wouldn't be as effective then. But this players' meeting really in Delaware last uh, August 17th really seems to have given some, some momentum to the PGA Tour and it's some of its new ideas and the fact that it's holding on to most of its players. And, um, yeah, and I think there was one question by the great AP golf writer Doug Ferguson yesterday toward Rory about um, – about the, of how the other players often seem to defer to him on these matters, and does he mind that? And you know, I, I, the answer was that he, he doesn't. He, he believes in what he's saying. Um, I just don't think any sport or any cause within any sport could have a better spokesman than him. And kind of wild to see the progression of Roy McIlroy. As we said, his third tour championship at one point in his career. He's deemed a guy that could possibly be this major uh, competition, major threat. I don't know that that's the right word to Tiger Woods and his greatness. Now, all these years later, those two guys are leading the charge, Chuck. No, you're, and you're absolutely right. I mean, the trajectory of his career has been has been odd and, and remarkable in a lot of ways. And when I, I remember at the uh, 2014 PGA Championship at Valhalla in Louisville, uh, when it's a stormy Sunday, this storm was coming, and he held off the field, and he won that thing. But at that point, he had won four of the previous 11 majors, which is a lot, you know, within 11 majors. It's so hard to win even one of them. And people who probably should know better were talking about, oh, double digits for him. And here we are eight years later, and he's still got four. Yet, he's also in this role as sort of a statesman and a spokesman for the game alongside Woods uh, and as a more, you know, frequently vocal statesman than, than is Woods. And, um, and it's, it's, it's really something to see. It makes you wonder uh, how we're not even thinking about what, so much when will he get that fifth major. Chuck Culpepper is our guest here on Sports Call. He writes for the Washington Post. As we sort of shift gears, we know that recently also, uh, you you know that college football season is up and rolling. You saw once again uh, the team across the state, the Alabama Crimson Tide, tops in the AP poll as another college football season gets set. I mean, what are your thoughts and expectations for the college football season as another year gets started? I get a sense that people are viewing this season as maybe a bit boring in the uh, in the run-up you know that the teams are the same that that uh, the, the the monsters are going to be the same so to speak that the Titans and so um, often in sports you think about when there's something like that that does seem to be when something fresh and new pops up I don't know what that what I would consider that to be this year you know obviously Alabama Georgia Ohio State all around the top. Um, I'm going this weekend to Columbus to see Notre Dame's uh, visit to Ohio State. That'll get me started. But, um, you know, maybe one team I'm looking at with interest is Utah coming off that Pac-12 title and that number seven preseason ranking that's the highest the program has ever had. And then there's the whole element of USC and UCLA and, and when they play them and the sentiments that will be going on with that. So, um, so yeah, I, I think – it has a sameness to it that, that might be troubling for the sport, but that sometimes that's when something new comes about. Well, 
Well, Chuck, offer your thoughts on this perspective, the fact that this was a summer where we spent so much time talking about changes in the sport with conference realignment, a good discussion over the last year about name, image, and likeness, and now we actually have results that we'll be able to talk about on the football field. We saw games played in Ireland this past weekend, a couple of ACC schools back in action. Uh, Vanderbilt scored 63 points in a football game in the SEC. They proved that that can actually happen, uh, which was really exciting over the week. But the fact that we don't have to worry about some of those conference realignment or other big topics and football's back. I tell you, the, the way the way the chatter goes, sometimes in the offseason, I'm actually surprised that people remember to go and play football games when the, <laughs> when the football season comes up. You know, it was like, right. like if they just forgot to do it, it wouldn't surprise me completely. You know, and it's, it's exactly what you're saying. It's exactly right. I still love the games. I think the games save a sport that often tries to kill itself in one way or another. And I think, you know, I still <clears throat> think – you heard Jim Mora the other day. At, now he's at UConn talking about how he got all excited just listening to the band that was in their preview uh, press conference before they played at Utah State. Yeah. I just think, you know, that kind of thing is what saves it in the end and, it, and is what, what makes it still go. And um, I, I'm with you. I find it after all the speculation, that's what tires me out, just the speculation. I find it actually kind of uh, therapeutic when they start playing games. What kind of environment are you expecting for Notre Dame and Ohio State this weekend? I'm expecting the local uh, home fans to expect an annihilation of the visitors and to be <laughs> to start grumbling if they don't get the annihilation. I think they're, I think that team, that Ohio State, is really formidable this year, and I think that's a tough spot for uh, Notre Dame to, to start out, of course. It would, probably would be for just about anyone. But, um, <clears throat> but yeah, I, I expect that to be you know, just off the charts. You think of the new coach at, at Notre Dame, uh, Marcus Freeman, uh, still so young, and it wasn't so long ago he had his uh, his own, as a high school linebacker near Dayton, Ohio, his own, own um, you know, recruiting little announcement in a, the gym like they do and with the hats in front of him. And, and the hats that day were Ohio State, which he did choose. And then Michigan, and, and then Notre Dame, and it's funny to think about the fact that he's now the head coach yeah. of one of those three programs already. Chuck, I got a question for you. You you, just, you were talking about you were just covering that PGA tournament. Now you're we're talking college football. We're talking all, how how do you do what you do? It's one, it's one thing to be a, a beat writer, and your focus is on a team. How do you do what you do? I mean, it seems like it seems like your focus. Uh, has to kind of be all over the place, especially this time of year. It's like wandering around and feeling just completely lost and like an <laughs> imbecile in every single domain because, you know, you're always there among the people who are there all the time. Right. And, and you know, and so bouncing around. And this year I'm going to bounce <clears throat> bounce around even more, too, because they've got me on the World Cup. So I'll leave the college oh, football wow. season halfway through. So that'll be another place where I'll – start running into people who know a lot more than I do. And that's what, that's sort of the constant feeling of getting there and saying, well, <clears throat> everybody sitting in this room knows a lot more than I do. So impressive to yeah. be able to, to, to cover it all and, and to jump back into the college athletics that we certainly know a lot about, but we need the other experts and insiders that's right. uh, to be able to chat with it and you to wear so many different caps 
Uh, Chuck, it's always fun to talk with you about a variety of different topics, my friend. Yeah, thank you. Thank you so much for for having me as often as you do. Thank you. Absolutely. Well, we're, we've got a football season that's getting started this weekend. We've got a head football coach and Brian Harson uh, that a lot of the outsiders expect to be on the hot seat going into the season, the second year on the job and that sort of thing. And as we talk about frequently, there is that team across the state, Chuck, that uh, absolutely dominates the sport that you're always compared against each and every day. Yeah, and um, that's where I'm headed the second week is to see that team play in Texas <laughs> at Austin. And um, as you know, if you ever spend any time around Austin, I used to kind of, as much as I could be said to live anywhere, I used to, to live there uh, for a few years. And um, it's, you know, it's, it's a humongous city now. It's got just lousy traffic. And, but it's, and it's got this football team that has all these resources but can't seem to win. And, um, and, then, and then here comes... Here come the big bosses in the second week, Alabama at Texas, and that's going to be, you know, you think about these first two weeks, uh, Notre Dame at Ohio State, Alabama at Texas being the, probably the top games of those two weeks, and that's four big, big brands with different stories going on there just to get it started. So, um, yeah, I'm looking forward to a great many things about the season. I'm curious about you know, you know, with Auburn, when you look at it from afar, you never seem to know what's going to come about. So I'm curious about that, too. Looking just real quick at that Alabama team, you have a Heisman Trophy winner. You have a defensive guy who could very well be a Heisman Trophy guy. I mean, it looks like a team that has two of arguably, arguably the best players in college football on the same team. Is there anybody yeah. that's going to be able to touch Alabama this year? Well, I think so. I think – I think um, if they if they ran across Georgia again while I was over in the Middle East <laughs> in Qatar at the World Cup, um, that 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 could be you know quite something. And um, as I think about it, uh, it might be just one of those cases where uh, the the we're we're so expecting them to be commanding, and that's that's a hard way to play sometimes. So I think you know. I think they could, there could be a slip-up somewhere in there, but it is, like you mentioned, they have the Heisman Trophy winner, and then they have the, the uh, that other guy who's actually the best player on the team, right. you know, the linebacker, and who, if the country weren't so biased against defense or ungrateful toward defense, <laughs> is one of my old causes might have won the Heisman Trophy. But, um, yeah, it's but those kind of things don't always work out. You know, I mean... Obviously, it's going to work out to a season that most places will call very good, but will it work out to one that Alabama fans would call very good, which is a different standard? Um, can't be completely sure. Well, we'll be dialed in all season long and looking forward to reading your work on a variety of different topics. Remind our listeners where they can find your work, Chuck. Yeah, WashingtonPost.com, and then um, also uh, Chuck Culpepper1, the numeral one, on Twitter. Awesome. Thank you so much. We'll do this again sometime soon, okay? Thanks for having me. Thank you, and uh, Happy New Year.